Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Bezel Banter, a podcast that covers all our favorite topics, including travel, various gear, and of course, watches. I'm Leslie. And I'm Ernesto. We're just a few days before New Year's Day, and today we want to focus our episode uh, by talking about our favorite watches uh, from 2020. Yeah, there were so many watches that launched, and it was tough trying to get it down to five. I'm usually, it's usually pretty easy task for me to go ahead and narrow it down to five, but I don't know, it was tough this year. So yeah, we'll definitely be talking about that. But Leslie, before we get started, why don't we do our customary wristwatch check? What are you wearing today on your wrist? Yes, today I'm wearing my Corono, the um, Mori edition. I'm wearing green, so I thought it was uh, very appropriate uh, for, for today. Um, and yeah, uh, it's, it's absolutely stunning. So, um, that's what I have on. That's such a cool piece. I, that's a, I love the dial on that. It's classic. Yeah, yeah. Classic. Yeah. What about you? Uh, for me, I am wearing a watch that I was fortunate enough to pick up earlier this year in 2020. And it is my Rolex Submariner date. And it's the nice. discontinued 116610LN. And uh, I love this piece. This is a cool, this is a cool uh, watch for me. I love divers. Yeah, I, it, it, it's a great one. And you got it, yeah, just on time before, uh, before they discontinued it. So, um, so that's And I awesome. want to say thank you because you are an integral part in me getting this piece in my collection. So thank you very much. I appreciate oh, it. Oh, my pleasure. That this was, yeah, it was, uh, it was a good one to have. And, uh, and I know you, uh, you take great care of your watches. So, uh, yeah. I try. It, it I has try. a good home. <laughs> oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Why don't we kick it off a little bit? I'll, I'll if, if you don't mind kicking it off for us, um, no, no. Like we talked about, and I think you mentioned previously on other episodes, it's been a wild year for watch launches. Yeah, it's been it's been crazy. So, I mean, on on the corporate side, it's been crazy to say the least because we had to adapt almost instantaneously uh, to what was going what was going on, and um, all of a sudden stores were closing like very suddenly and we didn't really know for how long we didn't know um so much that uh we were kind of like driving blind to be honest so it it was it was very um yeah we we didn't really know anything that was going to happen uh there was a lot of uncertainties to say the least but thank god for the internet um because i think that Without uh, this pandemic, in terms of watches at least, there's so many brands we would have never known, or at least not known right away. And I, I can, you know, I can talk for myself. Uh, there, there are many brands that I would have never discovered if I wasn't uh, glued to my computer and my phone as much as I was this year. So uh, it's been, it's been really great from watch like a watch collector perspective at least um because there's just so much more that we know now uh, and so it's kind of like a silver a silver lining but i think overall and over time it's going to be beneficial that we had to that the industry had to change so much i'm not part of the industry um anymore but uh i, I think it's very beneficial it forces it forced everyone to to change the change was coming but it forced everyone to change rapidly and to adapt and uh, it's been, yeah, it's been 
a blessing in disguise, honestly. I mean, in terms of watches, again, um, because we know how tragic this year has been for, for so many and uh, so many things and so many people. But uh, in terms of watches, I think that overall, in the end, it's been quite positive, at least from a yeah collector's perspective. <laughs> yeah, I agree. You know, it's it's been interesting because oftentimes in previous years, you know, by summertime, you kind of knew what already launched because mm-hmm. SIHH and also Basel World, um, you know, those are already happened previous or earlier in the year. And so, you know, you kind of knew what happened. And now, you know, we're in December and there's still things getting launched. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's really tough if <laughs> I'm just saying this from an enthusiast point of view. But if you have X number of dollars budgeted annually for watch um, acquisitions, it's tough because it's like, OK, did I should I spend it now? <laughs> should I wait yeah. until later? These limited editions are, you know, tricky sometimes. So, yeah, but it, totally. it's been an. It's been an absolutely great year for watches. Um, challenging uh, year for other things, of course, but yeah, for watches, I think it's been pretty awesome. So, Leslie, if you would do us the honors, what are what is your first watch that really caught your eye this year? Ah, uh, so it's for my first one. It's actually the one that I'm wearing today. Uh, it's the Corono, the Mori edition. So it's the anniversary green Mori. And it's definitely not one that I thought I would get because I I was familiar with the brand. I discovered the brand earlier this year, again, thanks to being on the Internet a, a whole lot more. And um, I instantly fell in love with Corono, their like their philosophy, their, you know, timepieces, too. And. I didn't know they would. They were about to re- release this one. So when they announced it, I was like, oh my gosh, I have to try to get it. And I really didn't think I would end up getting it because it's a limited production. And also because I had, you know, bought a few watches before that. So I had uh, exhausted my watch budget, so I thought. But yeah, this one was really striking because it's green. And I know this year uh, everyone loves green. So uh, it was it was helpful in its popularity. But it's it's different it's smaller and it's japanese i I love most everything japanese um so that was like easy to fall in love with this brand um but yeah i think that overall it's been uh it's, it's part of my top five for like so many so many reasons i mean it can compete with the biggest and um, most recognized brands, um, I, I think, even if the price point is much lower, even if uh, it's not as well known, I think it can compete easily. And uh, I don't know if uh, I mean, in one episode, um, Timoso was mentioning that, I mean, he was feeling kind of like the same way. And uh, he was hoping that this watch uh, would end up with the um, GPHG price. It didn't, mm-hmm. um, but it's still one in my heart. So, um, so yeah, so that's my first one. You know, that watch is very unique in a way because it does t- check off a lot of different boxes. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's just, a, it's, a, it's just a really neat piece. So I can see why that could be one of the ones on your, especially since you, you bought it. Yes, especially that I did. Yeah. Kind of proof in the pudding in itself. <laughs> right. For me, um, my first one, a lot of you guys know I'm a huge Seiko fan. Uh, for me, the launch that excited me was when uh, Seiko came out with the Prospect. There were four of them. 
and it was like the SPB 143, the 145, the 147, and the 149. And they were all interpretations of the 62 Moss, which was the first diver that Seiko came out with. And, you know, I'm fortunate enough to go ahead and have the SLA 017 in my collection, which uh, was the original reissue that came out uh, in 2017, and that was a limited edition. And Seiko also tried to launch another one. I think the case was a little bit larger. I forget the reference number on that, um, but I think it was like a 42 millimeter size or 43 millimeter size. And I think they hit this one perfectly at 40 millimeters. Um, this launched out, there were four different ones and they modernized the movement as well too. The movement's a little bit better on this one. And it, you know, it's, it's that typical Seiko diver. And um, you know, the price point is just right on these. They're anywhere from a thousand dollars to, I think the most expensive one retails at like 1350. Okay. And if I was asked which one would I pick, those four are pretty amazing. But the ones, the two that I would pick, because I can't even limit it to one, it's horrible. You're cheating. (laughs) Okay, 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 okay. No, no, you can pick two. It's okay. No, 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 no. You're right. I got to play by the rules. I get busted by this all the time with these stinking rules um no i i will play by the rules i like that we pick two i don't know why we pick those i know we make it so hard on ourselves guys like i don't know why we pressure ourselves out of the human being but you know what you can pick two so that means i can pick a six one because i already have a six one so see i heard you i heard you have an 11th one (laughs) i'll pick i'll pick I'll pick one. <laughs> so the one that I'd pick is the limited edition, the SPB 149. This one is the one with that blue dial. It's got the metal bracelet because the other two come in metal bracelets and two come in rubber straps. This one um, has the metal bracelet and it's got this second hand, which is like yellow. So it accents that blue dial beautifully. And, you know, it's just a... Uh, yeah. You know, you got 200 meter water resistance. It's just a really cool piece to have. And so, okay, if I was to limit myself, that's the one I would pick for this Seiko Prospect <laughs> quartet of a lineup. So I'm looking at some pictures. It's it's not a bright blue, right? Or is it? Yeah, you're right. It's no, it's kind of just it's kind of dull. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. due to a the pandemic, gray, I haven't been able right? to see this in the metal. Um it's kind of grayish. Uh, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, this is a boutique edition. So I think okay. you can only get it at the Seiko boutiques. Oh, yeah, I see. It, it looks like even, yeah, it's a bit more gray, but it, it makes me think of the blue from the um, from the Tudor 58. Maybe the Tudor 58 navy blue was a little bit more blue, but it's it's a little, like you said, a bit more dull, and, and but it's absolutely beautiful. And with the um, yellow second hands, it's also maybe a little orange. I'm looking at some pictures right now. So um, it's, yeah, it's gorgeous. It's really, really nice. And if you guys are into loom, Seikos are notorious for being like little torch lights at night. <laughs> the loom just is so bright on these things. So yeah, so if you're a loom junkie, this is a good piece to have. Nice. Beautiful number one. Yep. Thank you. Good choice. So Leslie, off to number two. What are you, what are you, uh, what's in that list? 
So this one might surprise I mean, it might surprise you even because I don't think I ever really talked about this watch. I'm pretty certain I at least rarely talked about the brand. Um, but it really made a huge impression on, on me when I saw it. It is the Breitling, the Top Time Limited Edition. Okay. And uh, yeah. That's cool. I don't think I've heard you really say Breitling much. No, no, I'm... I don't know the uh, the Navi timer. Of course, is a is an amazing one to have. Uh, they make fantastic watch, but I think I like them a little bit more. Like I, I like a cleaner dial um, mm-hmm. and uh, chronograph. Generally, a little bit more busy. I mean, that's normal. That's you know. I mean, their server function. So um, I'm generally not that much into chronographs. Um, at the exception, you know, of, of a handful. And and this one, it's probably my favorite Breitling, to be honest. I know um, it's maybe most people won't, won't agree with me. I, I don't know. But I, I don't really, I've never really focused on Breitling so much. But the, yeah, when I saw a picture of this one, when they announced it, I was like, wow, that's uh, that's different. And it's very striking. I'm not into color that much for dials, uh, but the red uh, for the hands and this, you know, the the hours, minutes, and seconds, they're not too much. Uh, you also have a little accent of red on the subdial, um, and it's really uh, it's really not too much. It has what it's called or nicknamed like a Zorro dial, mm-hmm. with the uh, black bow tile on like a cream or off white dial. It's very re- retro. It's a reedition. Um, and um, yeah, it has that retro aspect to it. It's different, but it's, I don't, I don't know. It just really talks to me. And um, yeah, I, and for the price point, 40, like 4,990 uh, US uh, dollars plus taxes. Um, it's, yeah, a limited edition, which, I mean, never hurts. And, um, yeah, it's beautiful. I've, I've never, I I haven't tried it on. Um, so that would be, that would be my next step, but, uh, I've seen a lot of pictures of it and wow. It's a very cool piece too, because if memory serves me correctly, this is an offshoot of a vintage top time Mm -hmm. that Breitling made in the past. And, uh, it's nice to see them bring that back in a modernized format and it, it does look cool i'm looking at that watch right now and man that dial's kind of mesmerizing it looks like a right. a masked uh like it looks like there's a mask in there with the the sub dials yeah. it's really neat and and like you said limit limited edition never uh never hurts and i guess that's where the Zo- now i put two and two together leslie look at me that's where the zorro <laughs> dial comes in because it looks like a mask <laughs> Yeah, I, I I grew up watching Zorro. I mean, it. I think it it aged a, a little bit. Um, but uh, yeah, I yeah, it looks like a, a mask, but it's not so obvious and it's not cliche and um, it just it doesn't look weird. Like you said, it's a, it's a reedition. They made a yellow gold uh, version. I mean, a gold plated mm-hmm. version. I uh, I think, and uh, and then later on. Did they start with a full gold? Let me... Um, yeah, they started with a full gold and then they made a gold-plated version of it um, 10, 20, tw- about 20 years ago. And then they made steel. They were um, a silver dial, black dial, and a silver dial with black subdials. Mm-hmm. And But originally, the, the original one in gold was the one with that the same um, mask or the same black 
triangles um, behind the, the subdials. And so I, I don't know, maybe it's like, yeah, that vintage, but it doesn't look like it's it's a copy or, you know, sometimes like homage or, um, I mean, it can be a hit or a complete miss. This one I think is, is a hit uh, for me at least. And um, yeah, I just, it just works. I think it just, it just, yeah. All the pictures I've seen, I'm like, wow. I'm like, how come I'm, I don't have it in my collection yet? I like I like the way you said yet. <laughs> um, <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think you you're you're so right. I mean, it is a modernized version of a vintage vibe watch. So yeah, it's very cool. Very cool. Yeah, nice yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah. What about uh, your second one? For my second one, it is a collaboration between Oris and the Momotaro. The Diver 65, it's a special edition that came out earlier this year. And Leslie, I might actually have your blessings on this one because it's got this very cool gradient green dial. And uh, yeah. it's pretty neat. Momotaro is known for their denim and they you know, make some high-end uh, jeans. And so when you look at the strap on this, it's got that typical, beautiful, rich yeah. denim. And the watch in itself... Actually, the bezel on this one is in bronze, and the insert, of course, is in black. And so, and it's just got so many different things in here that make that watch pop, including when you look at the hands and you look at the uh, hour markers, mm -hmm. they're in that tan kind of almost like um, Fotina. And it just, it just really, you know makes that watch look very cool with that green. And it's really all in the details too because the stitching they match the uh I don't know it, it, they match the outline of the uh, you know the the indices. So they're like kind of like gold um because it it looks like yeah you do have um the loom but then you have you know that little gold outline around it like same thing for the hands. And mm -hmm. that looks like it's it's matching the um, the stitching very very nicely. At least in the picture, it does, and and I like that uh, very much. That's really nice. You know, and these um, these diver sixty fives have been tried and true, right? They they've got a lot of history behind them, mm -hmm. and Oris over the years has done such a fabulous job with regards to collaborations, and I think they hit this one right out of the park. I mean, they, this is yeah. A, I've always wanted an Oris Diver 65, and who knows, maybe 2020, um, maybe I'll try to see if I can pick one up, and, and if I end up picking one up, it might be this one. This one is just kind of a cool, uh, cool piece. Yeah, so that's my number two. Great that really choice. caught my eye this year. Thank you. Thank you. What about, uh, what about you? So uh, my third one, um, and... Uh, this one, the availability was, at least it was released in February. So I'm still in the year 2020 because I started hearing about it very, very late last year. So, um, but but the release date was 2020. So I'm good. Technically, it still fits our, you know, our categories and, and the best watch of, uh, of 2020. So that would, uh, that would work. It is the Bulgari, the Octofinissimo, and it is the Tadao Endo limited edition. So they only made 200 of, of this particular timepiece. It was oh, wow, supposed cool. to be only, yeah, only available in Japan. So I didn't even try to like to get it. 
price points is a little higher than um, than what I, I wish it would be, but uh, I think it's around it's around eighteen nineteen thousand uh, dollars. So yeah, it's a little up there, but. It's absolutely amazing. I've tried on the case, the Octo Finissimo, uh, and I've tried the, tried them on in titanium, the steel version. I've had the gold on. I've had the Chrono GMT as well, and they are absolutely all amazing. They're super thin. They have that uh, rotor that's outside. Um, some of them have the rotor that's outside of um, of the movement, like the the chrono gmt or they have a micro rotor like this edition the dial looks like there's a ripple effect uh, starting from the seconds so you have like little circles that would go like uh, like you know you would drop like um uh, yeah there's a drop of water that would fall in like you know a, a lake or a very flat surface, you know, with water, you have that really ripple effect. It's beautiful. It's mesmerizing. And uh, I, everything about this watch, I think, is perfect. Um, so, And so we'll definitely include it in our show notes so that our listeners can see what that looks like. I've, I've seen it before. I've not seen it in the metal, of course. There are only 200 of them, so... <laughs> I've only seen pictures, but like the ripple effect is really neat on that dial. Yeah, um, it is. You know, I've never had the pleasure of trying an Octo Finissimo, and I'm hoping to in 2021. Those are my 2021 goals for watches, but I definitely want to try it out. I, I've seen so many cool pictures of different variances of them, and I know that they're quite thin, and that's not necessarily a type of watch that I gravitate towards, but the the um, technical features of that watch are really neat. And it's mm-hmm. some, something that, you know, interests me. I, I might look into that next year. It, it combine. it's very um, surprising to have, an, to have it on, especially the titanium, simply because it's just so thin and so light, but it, it looks robust. <laughs> Hold so. on, let me get my drink. <laughs> I'm taking a sip here because it's all in metal and uh, it has a bracelet so before you had it on it, before you even like you know hold it it looks like it would have a certain weight to it even if it's in gold even if it's in 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 steel it looks like you would have some some sort of heft to it but when you hold it you're like wow it it it's very, um, it's very surprising and unexpected. That's that's the the word. At least for me, that's how I felt the first time. Uh, even even the, the few times after that, um, I've also had the um, they make a black ceramic one, which I didn't like as much, but it's still absolutely incredible and and very very thin. You have it on. I mean, it's it's different than than. Anything else you've tried, to be honest. Uh, so I'm a huge fan of the Octofinissimo. And uh, I would probably, I mean, you know, in my in my dreams, have one of each. But I'm saving for uh, for this edition because out of all of them, I think it has something very special, very unique. It's so clean. It's so minimalistic, but it's very... Um, I don't know, relaxing, mesmerizing, 
poetic too, in a way. Uh, and I haven't seen it in person for this one, so um, we'll, we'll see when when I do. But it would be dangerous because I'm pretty sure that if I see it, it would end up, you know, in my wrist one way or another, um, you know, indefinitely. So, <laughs> well, why don't we just sell one of our cars and get two of them? And there are only 198 left in the world. <laughs> Just I know a thought. some collectors. I know some collectors who got one from New York, and um, oh, okay. but I reached out to my dealer in in Orlando, and they were like, "No, it's only Jap." Like you know, they heard it from the rep that it was Japan edition only. But I know for a fact I had uh, you know some some collectors from New York who got it from the boutique. It seems like the story behind they were uh, with COVID, they got stuck in transit some places and so not lost but just stuck and everything got postponed and people who order them either forgot about it or changed their mind or so there are a few that are um i mean in yeah not lost but but kind of in a way and it's still possible to have it and even if you don't live in japan so but there's only 200 i wish you the best of luck on that acquisition um, and if and if there are any um, sales associates and boutiques that have that watch, it's at Lady's Wrist. Just reach out to Leslie and she'll help you with that sale. <laughs> I've, I've, you know what? I actually totally would. It's crazy, but yeah. It's, it's an easy yeah. sale, people. <laughs> For Leslie. <laughs> what did I get into? But no, it's 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 true. It's really it's it's it's, it's cool one watch. that yeah it is and and yeah. So I'll, I'll I'll stop there. But yeah, it's it's quite amazing. Awesome. If it's meant to be. In my opinion, as a watch enthusiast, I think collecting there's a little bit of fate involved. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of yeah. fate in in the way that you know things either are going to line up right and you're going to get it at in the terms that you want to get it at. In the or terms they don't. you want to get it. That's the biggest thing for me is like in the terms you want to get it at. Because in theory. Everything has a price. You can buy it for whatever you want, but like you have to do it in the terms that you feel comfortable with. Yeah. And and that's where all the fun is too, because if you have all the money in the world, yeah, you can buy it at any price. It's okay. But it doesn't make it as special. Uh, getting the Mori, I got it in the, in the terms I wanted and it was really a lot of luck and it was really meant to be. Um, so that's what makes it more special because as much as we plan our next watch and we're like, well, okay, this is, you know, if everything aligns, this is, you know, what I want to get next. You never know what's happening, what's going to happen in the meantime. And you exactly. made a very good point in the terms that you want. Uh, and that's that's where all the stories and are created, I think, too, so are made. You are 100% right. That's where the best stories come from mm-hmm. Yep, is in the terms that you do it at so yep. yeah absolutely leslie great number three fantastic thank you what yeah your turn what about you so leslie i for my third watch i'm not necessarily into chronographs i have two chronographs one is the uh, omega Speedmaster, and the other one is the rolex daytona mm-hmm. but i don't necessarily gravitate towards chronographs but i've always wanted to add a zenith El Primero chronograph to my collection. Um, And I've wanted to do this for years, but I just haven't had the right time. It's just the timing thing. Over the years. (laughs) Yeah. 
And and um, this past year, Zenith caught my eye with their launching of the Zenith Chronomaster Revival Manufacturer Edition. And what's neat about this is, you know, there's a legendary story of Charles Vermont who he hid all of these tools that made the Zenith El Primero in the attic in Zenith. Mm -hmm. And this happened during the quartz era. And um, again, we know that Zenith came out in 1969. So this happened in the seventies in the quartz era. And, and I think it was in 2018, end of 2018, they found these dials of this watch. And it's like, Instead of the typical, the original tri-colored A386 dial where it's got the gray, black, and blue, this one mm -hmm. has like three shades of blue. It's and beautiful. It, it's so neat. And even, even comes with like this deep blue alligator strap. Mm -hmm. And everything else is the same on the watch, right? So the movement's the same, the case shape, case size, everything is the same except for the color of the dials in it. And, uh, the color of the sub dials on the dial. And I don't know, man, this thing, this might be the one that, uh, I moves think me forward so on the Zenith. because I always, we always like that, uh, 69, um, uh, version. We mm -hmm. always did, you know, with the tricolor sub dials. I remember seeing it for the first time and I was like, huh, again, colors. I wasn't so sure, but then you learn about the history and you're like, okay, well, it makes total sense to start with, you know, watch like this. But the the blue subdials, this is really nice. And this could be an everyday watch, right? So it's got a date on it. It's got the chronograph on there. I think it's got oh, a 50-hour yeah. power reserve. Um, I don't know. I mean, you can wear it dressed up. You can wear it dressed down. You can wear it with a pair of jeans, wear it with a suit. You know what? With that, um, uh, that strap, the Momotoro strap, maybe not the yellow stitching, but like a jean type of strap that would look really nice too very dressed down obviously but that could totally work as well yeah that would totally give it a different look but very cool yeah, yeah or absolutely. or even a nato i know you love nato so <laughs> you probably already I have don't. one that would fit that one <laughs> so. maybe maybe <laughs> most likely okay most likely no but this this one for me i don't know i like the story behind it and this might be one that, you know, makes me pull the trigger on one of these. It's just, uh, you know, it just looks pretty cool. It is. It really is. Is it the same price um, or a similar price point as the other one? or? I think it's a little bit more. A little bit more. Wow. Oh, and it's 38 millimeter? Uh, it's it's 38 millimeter. Yeah, it, that's the original size that these came out in, the 38 nice. millimeter. I know, oh, I think that Zenith nice. makes... Yeah, I think Zenith now makes a 42 and a 45, not in this particular Revival Manufacturer Edition. No, they are for, yeah, they were 42, I think, the one that I've seen. Oh, 38 is nice. Yeah, this this one is just the right size for me as well, too. Um, and, you know, it's got a 12.6 millimeter thickness, too, which is pretty neat. So when you think about something that has a chronograph, usually it's going to be a thicker, uh, thicker case, but this one... Yeah, this one's just right on it. No, that's really, and it's not too busy. It's just very uh, legible. Uh, it's, yeah, great choice. Thank you. Really great one. Mm -hmm. 
So number four, I'm going with the price, you know, increasing in case you, you haven't noticed. You're so organized. <laughs> I'm really not. You're so organized. I'm like all over the place and scattered. <laughs> no. You're so good. I have to find a way to present them because it's not like my favorite one and then my second favorite. No, it's just really uh, five of my favorite ones. And um yeah, so I had to find a way to organize them. So it's going to be price points. Well, let me just say that um, the way I'm calling mine out is in no particular order. So you are very organized, my friend. It's way more. I'm like, just like, a, I took the shotgun approach and I'm like all over the place. <laughs> well, that's fine too. That's totally fine too. Um, so what what do you have on your fourth? Yeah, so the my fourth one is an IWC. It is the uh, Portuguese Yacht Club, the Mood and Tide. Oh, I've, uh, I mean, that's this a great one, watch, right? It's it speaks for itself. It's so different. It's a yacht club first, and the yacht club is, I mean, absolutely fantastic, uh, regardless of uh, of the dial color, the you know complication. It's just, I, I love that it mixes rubber with. Uh, you know, I mean, it's still a sports watch, but it can be a, li- a little dressier, I think. Uh, but I love that rubber strap. It looks just so beautiful for any of the Yacht Club. But this one was really kind of like one of the star of uh, SIHH this year. It uh, has a complication I've never seen on any uh, mechanical timepiece. It is in gold, and IWC's gold is, wow, it's breathtaking, really. Uh, They do an amazing job at the polishing, and the color of the gold is just, it's warm. It's slightly, you know, on the pink side, because, you know, it's pink gold, obviously, but it's, it's not too much. It's just so delicate, sophisticated, and uh, but it's still a sports watch, and I love the, the combination of both worlds. Leslie, that yacht club is a great piece. I'm looking at it right now, and man, that is. It's beautiful. Looking. It's uh, very striking. And then, in terms of the complications, so they created a whole new movement. And uh, you have both hemispheres. Uh, it's uh, it's complicated, but it isn't at the same time. It just calculates, you know, the high tide, the low tide, basically where you are. I mean, yeah, I'm pretty uh, speechless about this watch. Everything about it is pleasing and easy to to read and so different. And it makes so much sense because the, the Portuguese was created um, because some uh, Portuguese merchants we're looking for a reliable watch uh, to wear, uh, you know, at sea. And uh, it was based on a pocket watch movement. So it's always been a little bit bigger compared to uh, other watches for for this reasons. And uh, yeah, it makes total sense. And, and, you know, it's like one of those watches that you're like, how come this has never been done before? Because, it, again, it makes so much sense. Yeah, so great choice for a number four with that IWC Thank Portuguese you. or Yacht Club. That's, that's a great piece. For my number four, and I promise to our listeners, we did not compare notes on this. No, because I'm discovering them as you're saying them and vice yeah. versa. I have like no idea what you're going to say. Well, my number four is also an IWC Portuguese. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. In, in gold. <laughs> 
<laughs> in gold too? Okay. Yes, which is rare because I'm not really a gold guy, but like this one this year. Yeah, when, that's true. Yeah, when they launched this one this year, I was just like, oh my goodness. This one just kind of um, really checked quite a few boxes for me. So this this one is the IWC Portuguese Automatic 40. So oh, this, nice, yeah. Yeah, it's a very clean dial. It's got a sub seconds at the bottom by the six o'clock. I love the Arabic numerals on these things. What catches my attention is like the nine and the eight Mm -hmm. and maybe the five and the 12 (laughs) and maybe the four. (laughs) No, I just love all the numbers on there. It's just so cool. Um, But they came out with three different steel versions. um, Mm -hmm. And the difference between the three steel are, the basically the hands and the numbers uh, and the indices, they're all either blue or they're in steel color or they're mm-hmm. in gold. Um, but the one that caught my eye was the one very similar to yours. It's in a five and pink gold. And that like the same pink gold that you have on the um, yacht club is, yes. I don't know. It's that gold that it just catches your eye and, I have different steel, so I don't have anything in gold. So that one just was like, oh, I don't know. That's kind of a neat piece. So I can't believe that you and I picked Portugueseers both in gold. <laughs> I IWC know. for our number four. So are you picking the, the white dial or the uh, boutique edition blue dial in gold numbers with the gold numbers and the gold case? I like the white. Uh, I like that. Yes. It can, yeah. You can pass it off as a dressier piece as well, too. You put that with a suit. You just it looks real sharp. Everything and every strap will look amazing with this one. Oh, man. It, it does come with a Santoni strap, which in yeah. itself is just a beautiful strap. Um, I love the way those two IWC and Santoni work together because they come out with great pieces. But mm-hmm. Leslie... This watch stems off of that vintage reference 325. Many, many, like you said the history very perfectly, um, the way it came from merchants. And this was a larger size case. It was previously a pocket watch. They wanted to make it into Mm -hmm. a large case for the um, wrist. And they've had these watches. This watch has been going on for a while. And they've normally been manual wines, which I love a manual wine. Um, this one is an automatic, um, personally, if there was one thing that I would like to change on this, it would be a manual wine, but I'll take the automatic. Um, but this one is in 40 millimeters. It's a great wearing size. It's yeah, it's a great size. I know they've been previously in like, uh, 43s and 42s, but this is 40 millimeters. It's a little bit thicker than normal for a watch Mm -hmm. like this, because I think it's like a little over 12 millimeters for the for the case height, but you know what? You'll know it's on there. I mean, first of all, the gold is a little bit heavier to begin with, and then it's it's going to have a presence on your wrist, which I don't mind. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, it's because it's a, a, an automatic that it's going to be a little thicker. You have that yes. winder that takes kind of like, you know, the, the it takes some space. Um, but yeah, the, the manual wound is absolutely amazing and you would see even more of the movement uh because here uh you you don't see actually uh as as much i said that compared to yeah the previous one um and even the the portofino you can see like 
the whole movement. This one you don't see it maybe as much, but it's still it's still gorgeous. Forty millimeter is a great size. I remember back then uh, I I kept hearing people asking if they were making this watch smaller because it's true. It's a forty three millimeters or. Um, not everyone was comfortable wearing this size and uh, they did a great job in making it slightly smaller. Uh, 40, I think, is a great size and uh, yeah, great choice. This this particular one, um, just to give a price point, this particular one, the manufacturer suggested retail price for this is 16900 And of course, it's a precious metal, so it's going to be a little bit more expensive. Um the steel versions of this are just a little bit above 7000 So if you're into steel, uh, it's a great piece to also look at. It's a great price point. So that's my number four. Um, what do you have for number five? For number five, ooh, I went with another gold uh, another gold timepiece. It's... It's a little bit different also in terms of like... Um, I mean, it's. I was saying I, I love... Very clean dials, not a lot of information, but I have something for perpetual calendars. So um, the watch that I picked for number five, it's the Vacheron Constantin, the overseas perpetual calendar, ultra thin skeleton. Very nice. That's a different level. <laughs> it, is, it really is. Uh, the overseas is something else. Uh, the way you can change that bracelet is you can really do it with your eyes closed. I know I've done it. It's uh, 41 and a half millimeter. Yeah. And so it might look a little bit bigger and, and even, uh, but it's very, very thin. So it's very comfortable. They are gold also pff, absolutely amazing. The whole bracelet is in gold, but you have it with a rubber if you want it or with the leather strap. It's um, it's all skeletonized, so there's a lot to look at. And uh, it's true, sometimes you just look at your watch and you lose track of time. On this one, yes, you will definitely do that because there's, there's a lot. It's still legible. I mean, it's uh, skeletonized, perpetual calendar, so there's a lot of information. But you know where to look, and uh, but you will totally um, yeah, lose track of time staring at it. Um, back, you know, the front and back. I mean, it's, it's amazing. You, you definitely don't want to do it while you're driving. No, 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 <laughs> no. No, I'm looking at it right now and that right. dial is just, it's mesmerizing. <laughs> right. There's a lot right. of stuff going on in there. There is, but the case shape is just on. And I mean, of course, if we, you know, if we don't look at the dial, everything about, about it. it, I love the bracelet. The bracelet is one of the most comfortable one I've uh, I've had on. Oh, that gold. I mean, you have like different style, like different um, finish. Uh, so you have uh, the bezel will be high polished, but then you'll have also uh, a lot of brushed inside of the bracelet. It'll be high polished, but otherwise on the outside, it'll be it'll be brushed. You have a lot of reference to the Maltese cross, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's amazing. It won a um, it won a prize this year at the uh, Grand Prix d'Horlogerie de Genève, <laughs> the GPHG. Um, it, it won. Um, I mean, of 
I mean, I want to say, of course, he won a prize, but, um, it, you know, there's there's quite a few watches that I was like, oh, this one's going to win, and, and, and he ended up uh, not winning. But, uh, yeah, it, it was recognized uh, by the um, watch community because, I mean... What not? What what's not to love? Uh, it was the calendar and astronomy watch prize, by the way. So made sense. Well, it only takes a quick second taking a look at this timepiece to see, and you can see why they won. I mean, it's a it's a pretty amazing timepiece. So great choice for number five. Thank you. Okay, Leslie. Yes. For for our list for our listeners out there, why don't you just share what the price point is? Oh sure. Um. So for. I mean, there's also a question of uh, availability. It is not limited, um, but they really don't make that many of them. The Mm -hmm. overseas is um, their most popular one. And they really, they made um, last year, uh, they want to stick around 24,000 watches overall per year. And uh, they focus a lot on bespoke timepieces. So regardless of the collection, regardless of anything and everything, they only want to stay around 24,000. I heard 25,000, but the last number uh, that was given to me was like close to 24,000. So they want to be very, um, very limited because they really want to focus on, on quality. The price for this one, so if you can get your hands on it, uh, it's 115,000. And, and in precious metal, it's no, it, it makes sense. And it make, and, and it makes sense when you talk about the, the, I don't want to say limited amount, but the amount that they make, you know, mm-hmm. as far yeah. as that, I mean, it, you know, it makes sense. There's a lot of metal. I mean, you have a whole bracelet in gold. Um, really where they excel is the, it's the details. That's really where it's at because you can compare it to, let's say, a regular steel perpetual calendar from Gégère Lecoutre. And uh, so Gégère Lecoutre will make a, a, a rather thin, I mean, extremely thin, actually, perpetual calendar. Mm-hmm. Uh, theirs in steel was around 20,000 and gold was around 30,000. So you're like, wow, that's quite a big difference. But you do have a lot less metal it's on a leather strap the watch is you know quite thin and it's not skeletonized either here you do have a lot more metal uh and and you have and everything's made by hand with them they have tools from like you know the original tools to make those so it's really time consuming i mean it, it's it's something else i mean again we can't really compare because it's 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 quite it's quite different uh, with other brands Yes. So what, what about you for your uh, number five? So for me, for number five, I'm going with the Grand Seiko. Because, <gasps> nice. Yeah. You know, earlier this year, Grand Seiko ended up launching what they were going to do was these limited edition models, which was for the 60th anniversary. Yeah. And they they had a plan to go ahead and launch out four of them. And one was a high beat, one was a ladies automatic. There was one that was a quartz two that was the um, like a sportier version. And mm-hmm. the one that I picked and actually was fortunate enough to get is the hair is it's in the heritage collection. It's the quartz limited edition SBGP 007. So this is the one that is 40 millimeters. It's got a blue dial. It's got the nice. gold star towards mm-hmm. the bottom half yeah yeah and um 
I don't know when you, this is the one again where you move it in the right light. It's 2020. And I just thought that that was so appropriate for just commemorating what kind of a year we had. So, and it's, and it checks a lot of boxes off for me. Yeah. So now you have to register it. The, uh, they finally have that club, uh, that Grand Seiko owner club. So you have to register it. Yep. That's right. Thank you for the reminder. What I liked about this too is Grand Seiko is known for the quality of their watches behind the Zeratsu polish. We talk about it um, mm-hmm. yeah. quite a few times, but the quartz to me on this particular piece is amazing at plus or minus five seconds a year. And I did, I did somewhat fact check my watch recently. Yes. Just to see. Yeah. It's like, one second off. It's pretty no amazing. Way. Yeah, yeah. It, so it's holding tight. And I was just like, man, that is, it's true. I, so I'm excited. I'm glad that it's in my collection. But that was one of the, that was one of the five that I also, that excited me this year. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's mine. Um, Leslie, I have a question for you because we named off five watches that excited us in 2020 as far mm-hmm. as the launches. And, um, you know, if there was one, realistic timepiece that you could see one day in your collection, what watch would that be? That's a good question. That is a very good question. Um, well, realistically in terms of like, well, in terms of uh, availability and price point, the Breitling for sure. The Breitling uh, definitely... Not like, you know, within the month, but um, hopefully next year. I mean, there's there's so many others, too, that um, sure, sure. On, on the list, obviously. But this, I think, is the most realistic uh, one that I I can add uh, to, to my collection. This one, 100%, I will have this watch in my collection at some point. I'm not in a hurry. Again, uh, you know, it has to be... On my terms. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first. We might be adding, <laughs> we might be adding a bright link to Leslie's collection. <laughs> yes, and I say we point. like I'm a part of it, but <laughs> yeah, I know. But at some point, there, there's quite a few before that I want to. Uh, no, not a few actually. There's just two or three that I'm thinking of adding before this one, because uh, I'm not really feeling. I'm not feel. I don't want to feel the rush of of getting it and. Uh, I know there's other uh, like the Explorer one. I really love this this watch, and uh, right. but again, it's like it's it's more it's more than five grand. So, and will they let me buy it? I don't know. I don't know. Um, that's another. It's that love and hate with Rolex. It's that love and hate <laughs> relationship with Rolex. But that but that Explorer didn't launch this year. We're just focused no, that on Explorer 2020 didn't launch this year. That's why it's not part of the top five. Yeah, it's not no. part of the top five. No. no, so that's a great piece. I, I wish you uh, the best as far as being able to maybe put that uh, watch you. in your collection one day. This should be our piece for our first year anniversary of Bezel Benter. Boom. There you go. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And what about you? For me, I think that um I think it would be the Zenith. Nice. I see the other watches potentially in my collection. I, I think that Seiko would be interesting. But if you were to ask me what yeah. would be 
um, very exciting to me to add to my collection. I think it would be that Zenith. I love the story behind this timepiece. I love, um, I love just the fact that even just the story of El Primero in general, mm-hmm. like that movement. And I've never owned anything like that. It would be a high beat um, that I would I would love to have in my collection one day. I I hope you get it because really, it's it's absolutely. It's absolutely amazing. I love the blue. I love the blue so much. So um, I appreciate that. And then I'd stop talking with you about wanting to add a Zenith to my collection. <laughs> I feel like, well, you know, you'll get this one. And then at some point, uh, you'll also, uh, you know, there's another one that's going to come up. So it's, it's always endless. But it's true. You've been talking about this one. You've been hesitating about this the Zenith for a long time. And I know you were uh, sometimes hesitating between both, like two watches at the same time. You're like, well, it's either that one or the Zenith. And uh, so I know for sure it's not, it's not one that, uh, you know, just happened to, uh, to come up and, and, you know, uh, you've, yeah, you've been looking at it for a while. So you're, you're going to love it for sure. It's not going to be, yeah. Yeah. One that you're going to get, yeah, bored with. Well, we shall see what 2021 uh, brings. We'll see yeah. what happens. Well, Leslie, this has been a blast talking about watches yes. with you and the 2020 launch. You know, this is a, this is our last episode of the year. And probably and, our longest, uh, too. <laughs> you're right. It is our longest. <laughs> you're right. But, you know, there are so many things to talk about. Yes. And we just stick to five watches. That's the, right. I mean, we talked about maybe a, a few more, but we just stick to five. That's like how crazy it is. We should probably start making our lists three instead. Oh, <laughs> At gosh. Same time. That would be hard. That would be way too hard. But, uh, you know, it's been a crazy year for everybody. It's been, uh, everybody's been challenged with different adversities throughout this year. And 2020, we are hoping to put this in the books and hopefully having a healthier and happier and prosperous 2021. Mm-hmm. You know, while there were a lot of negative things that happened here in 2020, you know, I'm very, I look back at the year and I'm very grateful for on a personal level and on a professional level, 2020 was good for me. Um, and one of the things that was also exciting for me as far as 2020 was that you and I, got to get together to put mm-hmm. this project called Bezel Banter yeah. together. And it's been an absolutely fun journey. And I'm looking forward to many more of these episodes. I, I don't want to thank you uh, for, for, you know, being a part of this. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for coming up with the idea and, uh, you know, making that call um, because it's, it's been so much fun. And, uh, and really, I mean, it's, I I hesitate to say this because this year has been uh, so challenging and so um, for for some of us it's been really horrific even. Um, but I am extremely grateful for 2020. It's it's crazy to say, but it's probably been my my best year so far. Uh, of course, I, hopefully there's going to be many, many more years <laughs> in the future for me, but 2020 has been, um, challenging in the best way and, um, so many good things happening. 
so many and this project is one of them so thank you for making that call and uh you know coming up with that idea and uh because that's where it all started uh and yeah it's been awesome it's been awesome and i'm looking for next year i know we have a lot we have quite a few new ideas uh for this uh you know this project is going to evolve a little bit and uh now we've already we're comfortable with the editing part the recording part we have you know everything set up like all the base is set up so now we can just build on it which makes it still exciting and uh you know still new so it's really never boring um so i'm looking forward to uh next year while being extremely grateful for this year me too well thank you um and I wanted to take this opportunity too to thank all of our listeners. Thank you guys so much for your support throughout yes. these past uh, couple of months of Bezel Banter being a new podcast. We really appreciate everybody's support and for listening and for for sharing and for liking and subscribing and all that good stuff that yeah. uh, we do with these podcasts. It really means a lot to us and it, it, it motivates us to keep trying to put out better and better content. So we want to thank you for that too. And yes, we hope that you. all of you guys have a phenomenal uh, 2021 and and we can look back at 2020 a few years from now and just smile at it and, and know that we've become stronger in the process. Yes, that's very good words. Very good words. Thank you to all our listeners, all our friends, uh, the whole watch community, for inspiring us, uh, pushing us, and uh, being, a, a, you know, such a great support in, in this project. We, uh, we want to continue to have fun, you know, all together. And, um, and we really, I mean, it wouldn't make a lot of sense to do this without, you know, without you listening and, and supporting it. So uh, thank you so much. I also, same thing, want to wish you a really happy holiday season. Stay healthy and uh, strong, and uh, let's start 2021 the best way. Um, let's make next year fantastic uh, and one to remember. Well said, my friend. Well, on that note, please hit the show notes uh, for more details and links. You can follow us on Instagram, Leslie is at at Ladies Wrist, and I'm at Ernesto Guapo72. And you can follow the show on Bezel Banter Media for any updates and other communications. If you have any questions for us, please feel free to reach out to us on bezelbanter at gmail.com. And please subscribe and review wherever you find our podcast because it truly helps us out. Additionally, you can grab this episode and other episodes at www.bezelbanter.com. Thanks again, and we look forward to catching up with you soon on another episode of Bezel Banter. Thank you. Thank you.